The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Broadcasting live from the Toscano Cigar Soundstage in Salem, New Hampshire, USA. And broadcasting around the world, this is the Cigar Authority. Transmitting since 2010, the Cigar Authority is the longest-lasting cigar podcast ever. Grab a cigar and light them up, light them up, light them up. This is the Cigar Authority. Light them up, light them up, light them up, everybody. Saturday, November 28th, 2020, live from the Toscano Cigar Soundstage. Today, what makes the shape of a premium cigar? It's not the roller. It's the mold that does it. And what about the taste of premium cigars? Nick Kutro wrote a book, and we're launching that today on tasting cigars. This is going to change the taste of the cigar industry, I promise you. Welcome, everybody, to The Cigar Authority. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority, now in its 11th year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the top 10 educational podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. And you catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com. Nick Kutro, the man behind Cigar Molds and now you're an author of um, Palette basically changing your palate to taste cigars. This is big. I've been waiting to meet with you, and uh, I had the honor to actually look through the book as it was being being done. I think this is a game changer for the cigar industry. Well, thank you, Dave. You were a big help in, in uh, being one of my readers. Yes. You were actually the most thorough. Uh, you gave me an endless stream of comments and suggestions. I'm sorry for that. but uh, Many of yeah. them. Did, did they start off with, yeah, that's wrong? Because <laughs> I get that myself. They're actually all very good, very yeah. helpful. Well, I, I meant to help, um, but I, I, I'm really passionate about this subject, this exact subject, what it is, because I've been laughed at for basically 36 years of my cigar career, of tasting tasting notes on cigars and been told by people in the industry, people that make the cigars, that I must be crazy. Hmm. But it turns out, after reading the book, maybe I'm not so crazy. Well, maybe you're both crazy. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's possible. I think this is going to prove once and for all that these flavor notes are there and educate them. And you have a, a whole system on it. We're going to get into that. But what made this happen for you is you are in the cigar industry, uh, a broker at one time, but then uh, getting into the mechanics of it, making the molds where the shape of the cigar is formed. That's what you do. That's correct. Yeah. So we're going to get into all that, but let's light up and in celebration of you being here. Um, a cigar that you have never had before. So I wanted to actually smoke the cigar with you. It's if it's hard to say what is your favorite cigar. People have said it all the time. But this cigar that you never had it before, this is my favorite cigar. And I think it's something you've never tasted before. So that's why I chose this uh, today of something, a uh, combination of tobaccos you probably have never had before. Okay. And let's see if that, that is true. So, uh, Barry, what do we have? Well, today's first cigar is Atabay, and it's manufactured in Costa Rica for selected tobacco. The size is five and three quarters by 55, and its wrapper, binder, and fillers are from parts unknown. 
A single cigar will set you back $29.99, while a box of 25 is $749.99. And if you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, try twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. Okay, it's time to cut the cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. And what we try to do around here is smell the body of the cigar. This is Ecuador, I would imagine. Um, looking at it, again, they don't talk about their tobacco very much, but I think it's obvious looking at it. We have an Ecuador wrapper, and then the fillers, which is parts unknown. Uh, different blend. Very figgy on the foot. Ah. And I would know because I know what fig smells That's like. That's right. We, we had a little <laughs> test earlier today to see if, uh, and Nick, you, you told me something that I didn't know, that most cigar manufacturers say we try to have a fig taste. In a cigar. Correct. Wow. That's what they're shooting for. For what reason? We, we like figs? It's we not, love figs. We like figs? Really? <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't think because there's, a, there's not a lot of fig foods. Well, yeah, but the best cookie is the fig nut. The fig yeah. And Playing the part of Barry Stein today will be grimace, by the way, for those of you watching. <laughs> Barney. I went for the Barney look. Yes. Everyone loves figgy pudding, right? Yeah. For Christmas. Does time. that even have figs in it, though? I don't know. Yeah. Is it like ox blood or something? <laughs> I don't know about so that. So, Nick, you take a drawer on the cigar before you do it, too? You, sure. You enjoy the entire Absolutely. thing, right? That's, that's And usually weird. I like to, to light with a, a match. Mm. It slows you down, gets you in the zone. But I know we're advertising a lighter today. Now, so. before we <laughs> advertise a lighter, uh, if you were to take a uh, an unsalted soda cracker and put a little uh, fig jam right on the cracker, not all the way out to the edge, you got to keep it. In the middle, about a quarter size on a two-by-two two cracker, and you take a bite of it so the very end or edge of that fig gets in there. It's mostly soda cracker with a little fig sweetness. You're tasting some smoke, you fucking asshole. It's not even lit yet, Bill. <laughs> so that's Bill Burr, comedian Bill Burr, who hears the show. We talk about these notes, and he says, we're just tasting smoke. Mm. How wrong is Bill Burr? Very wrong. Very wrong. We're going to prove that today. That is. And, and we always invite Bill Burr to come up here and uh, meet us head-to-head -head on this if he wants to Pretty do it. scared. Yeah. So we're going to light our cigar today with the Hawk by Vertigo. Vertigo Hawk features single action, three jets fueled by the patented Vertigo big-ass tank, and also easy adjustment wheel at the bottom, all for the low price of nine ninety nine. This is an unbelievable lighter for $9.99. That is the Vertigo Hawk. All right, so why do I like butane, jet butane lighters? First, pinpoint accuracy, which you see here. Also, that matches have sulfur. Now, the right way to do a match is light it, let it burn for a few seconds, and then light it. But sometimes I draw in a taste of sulfur into a match. That's why I usually go with butane. Clean. No taste to it. Indoors, I do soft flame a lot, but um, jets are the stuff that sell for outdoors and all that. So Nick Kudrow is the man behind HSA Cigar Molds and Equipment. 
Florida Corporation, 1990, fabricated cigar molds, not out of wood, which is when I got into the cigar business, that's all we saw was wood molds, and every once in a while, they'd be all cracked and broken, and the company would give me one because they're broken. Early 90s, all of a sudden, I start seeing these plastic formed and a little stack of them in, in a factory with all the rest of the wooden molds, and you see a little stack of these plastic ones. Um, and I don't know if plastic is a bad word to say, you know, it, it seems like it, it's a cheaper version, but it wasn't. It was something that held its accuracy exactly as opposed to expanding and contracting with the wood. That's correct. And that was the idea of it. This is going to be a better mousetrap, right? Absolutely. What is the negative thing to plastic as opposed to wood, why some people would say, nope, I'm doing it the old-fashioned way. This is the way we do it. Well, for me, they last 10 to 20 years. So that's... It's negative for you because yeah. you wish it broke sooner so you could sell it. Or wore it. out a little yeah. sooner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but because the cigar smokers today uh, like constant change, the cigar manufacturers are forced to reinvent themselves every year with the new blends and new styles and shapes. And the, when, when something is a 50 ring gauge, it is a 50 ring gauge. Not in the old days. Correct. With the wood molds, it, it could be up to four degrees difference. The downside for the manufacturers is the, the plastic molds cost about $15 more. Uh, but if you compare the longevity of a wood mold compared to a plastic, a lot of wood molds have to be replaced every year or every two years, where a plastic mold that is well-maintained can last. I've, I have Davidoff was one of my first customers in 1995. They still have molds that, that they purchased then today. Wow. Same ones. 25. 25 years later, they're still using the same ones, which is good for them, bad for you, right? What is there to maintain about plastic? I mean, throw in the dishwasher, it cleans itself off, and start a new batch of cigars. <laughs> the way I explain how to use the wood molds the plastic molds versus the wood. It's like taking an uh, ox that does a great job in the farm yeah. and putting him in the racetrack, mm. you see. Or if you take a, a thoroughbred that can win the Kentucky Derby and put him in the farm, he's going to do awful. So you have to treat it differently. The plastic molds are more delicate, okay? All right. So that, that way you get a better shape and you don't get a seam on each and each side of the cigar. Yeah, yeah. So one of the so you have to treat it differently. Okay. Talk about timing. Getting in in the early nineties, when all of a sudden the cigar boom happened. Cigar aficionado comes out. The the boom was incredible. Everybody getting into the business that was never in there before. It must have been a crazy time for you. It was. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't by design. Um, actually. <clears throat> In the early 90s, I was playing music on a cruise ship. I used to be a musician. And of course you were, because everybody in the cigar <laughs> business was a musician. We know that. <laughs> and from Miami to uh, Porta Plata, Dominican Republic, was a day and a half at sea. And when we landed in Porta Plata, we had to get off that ship, you see. So we would go to our favorite little uh, cafes and bars and have a couple of drinks and, and, and try to get our sea legs. Yeah. And one day I drank too many cervezas. Uh, back then in uh, the early 90s, one peso was, uh, one dollar was three pesos. So you could buy a cerveza for one dollar or one peso. 
So, oh. Yeah. And you get a quart of cerveza. So I drank too much. I, I laid down in the hammock, and I missed the ship. Oh, no. <laughs> and we all know when you miss the, the boat, they don't wait for anybody. Right. So I was stuck in Porta Plata for one week. Until the boat comes around again. So, yes. And then when the boat comes around again, they charge you $100 to take you back to Miami, and then you're fired. Wow. But they do take you back because they feel responsible okay. for you. So I, would add, I started smoking cigars in the, the late 70s. So I love cigars, and I knew that some cigars came from Dominican Republic. And a taxi cab driver saw me smoking some La Aurora's that I bought on the street. And he said, would you like to go to the factory? Oh. I said, sure. So he said, there's other factories too. I said, well, let's go see them all. Wow. So I visited all these factories during the week and uh, became a cigar broker. There was a factory that uh, was looking for someone that could speak some Spanglish and uh, English. Yeah. And that was me at the time. So I started brokering cigars. And uh, the cigar boom was smothering yeah just starting up just starting up and no one knew it at the time but what they didn't need was the salesman because they couldn't make cigars fast enough yeah and the company that i was representing uh told me they needed molds cigar molds and the wood molds typically would take a, a manufacturer a day to make just a handful so <clears throat> i went back to the states uh, found a machine shop, uh, met a guy that was ready to retire. I told him, teach me the business, and in one year, I'll buy it from you so you can retire. Wow. And that's how I created this whole thing out of, you saw it takes too long to do it, and as luck would have it, that boom ended up lasting seven years at that point. Seven years. So the, the, the manufacturing process on the mold, it's not an injection mold that you're making, it's a machined mold. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jonathan, the injection would be less expensive. The only problem, anytime you change a dimension, you have to have a new mold. <coughs> a typical mold for a, a mold to inject a cigar mold would cost anywhere from ten dollars to $12,000. Jeez. So if you have a Robusto, but now you want a Toro, and you want to change it an inch, another 10000 Now, in Cuba, they used injection mold because in Cuba, they had limited size. Yes, there's yeah. so many. Yeah, and the problem with injection molding also is you don't get a solid mold. So you get a frame with with webbing. You've seen injection. Yes, no, and I've seen their, their plastic molds over there. They kind of like look like they poured out at the end. They spilled yeah. out of it. So, yeah. so our typical mold weighs four pounds. An inject, inject, a mold made with injection process might weigh one pound. You get a lot more longevity out of them, more rigid. Okay. All right. Um, I even saw, you, so manufactured in the USA, mm -hmm. and there's a brand out there now called the American, J.C. Newman, and in the little book, this is the first time I've ever heard of you or saw a picture of you in the little booklet in the American, because they tried to use American products throughout, um, even the molds that they use at J.C. Newman is molds provided by you. I'm assuming there is some competition out there besides you? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> from, from time to time, someone surfaces and tries to, to make plastic molds, but they realize very quickly that there's not a lot of profit if you're not making a lot of them. Right, right. So I've been yeah, very fortunate. Yeah, this is fortunate. such a teeny little industry. Yeah, so it's a niche industry. Yeah. Um, 
I, talking to uh, Eric Newman, I told him I was going to have you on the show, and he told me 50 years ago, Maria Cutro Frisco uh, was known as the finest cigar maker in their, 50, in their factory 50 years ago, your grandmother. Correct. Worked for them. Absolutely. Oh, my God. My great-grandparents boarded a ship in 1905 to come to Ybor City. There were two towns in Italy that caught... Uh, that heard there were good-paying jobs for people to learn to make cigars. So thousands of Italians immigrated to Ybor City. And made cigars. Made I cigars. never knew that. Yeah. I never you think knew. the pizza would be better? <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought it was always a Cuban-Spanish uh, type of thing, but they, uh, well, you see it on Toscano. I right? guess all Italians in Toscano. Um, doing that. There's somebody that could use molds. You ever see a Toscano? It yeah. doesn't look, look shit. <laughs> John, the, problem with the, the problem with the pizza, you have to have good water. Uh, In Florida, I've heard that. we yeah. don't have good water. I've heard that. that yeah. that's, that's what matters, Can't make right? good slush either. No. You were telling me about, about, about our coffee, that we, through Two Guys Smoke Shop, we reverse osmosis, our water, because we want it as pure as can be for the humidifiers. And because of that, we have it that, that runs into our coffee maker right and the coffee would be maybe better if we did not have it as pure and clean as it is but it definitely would be better wow because you need you need the minerals in the water to extract the the flavor molecules in the coffee the opposite of what i would think i'm learning a lot here and you've (laughs) only been here a short time but i've learned a lot just getting ready for the show you're you're also taking everything that he says as the God's honest truth. Yeah. Because he agrees with you. No, because he's an author now. He wrote ah. a book. And, and <laughs> his life has changed now. I know this because I wrote a book too. Once you've done the book, you're all set now. You are the authority on the subject. So I got to write a book. You got to write a book. Think Everybody, anyone will buy a book about dick and fart jokes? So let me ask you, if we're talking a 50 ring gauge, you got a 50 ring gauge Robusto and a 50 ring gauge Toro. Could it be the same mold or must you have a 5x50 and a 6x50 mold? Okay. So it can be the same mold as long as it's long enough. Okay. But most manufacturers want to buy a mold that is almost the size or the length of the finished cigar. That way they're not wasting a lot of tobacco when they trim the end after the wrapper leaf is rolled over the bunch. Okay, because usually I see it hanging out the right. the sides of it anyway. We're- Correct. So a small factory would buy an 8-inch uh, 50 ring gauge, and then they can make an 8-inch Presidente, they can make a Toro, they could make a, Put uh, a Churchill Robusto, Robusto yeah. and, a, and a Nub. Okay, Right. Which I, which I heard was kind of your brainchild it was, many years it was. ago. It was. Thank you, because you probably made the molds for that, too. I came up with a lot of different things, so uh, there, there may be something in here. But you've seen it all now since 1990 to now. Maybe it used to be Lonsdale's and Panatella's and, and different things like that. And then all of a sudden, 60 ring gauges. Actually, the norm, 70s, 80s. I mean, what are some all, – all? let me tell you, the – um, all the pyramids and all the shaped cigars came because of the plastic mold. Am I right by that? Right, yeah. Because before it didn't exist. You do the short stories and and um, Hemingways Perfectos, and all those. Yeah. Because it they couldn't do it. They wouldn't be able to make them so that they all look like that. Because a torpedo back in the day did not look like a torpedo. As it is today. So walk, walk me through it. Do you have a, a CNC machine? Are you running X and Y coordinates to make these reverse shapes in the molds? Yes. So you're essentially a machine shop. Exactly. 
Awesome. Now, Nick, what's the biggest ring gauge mold you've made? 80 ring gauge. 80. And I've had requests for 90s. (laughs) (laughs) So it's going to get worse. Wait, you've had requests, but you haven't made them. I'm not going to make them. Oh, If you're going to draw a line in the sand and say no to someone's money. Yes. That's crazy. (laughs) If you think about it, here's the guy that determines whether it gets made or not. Well, I wouldn't go that far. The reason I don't do the 90s. So in order to to make a 90, you have to use a thicker bottom plate on the plastic, okay? Mm-hmm. In order for my price structure to work, where I can be very competitive and, and keep the competition away, I have to buy a lot of plastic, mm. all right? So if I make a 90 ring gauge, I might have to buy $100,000 worth of plastic. There's uh-huh. not going to be enough demand for that yeah. size. So then I'm stuck with all this thick plastic. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Good. Makes sense. Yeah. You did the chisel for LFD? Mm-hmm. Wow. Can't you just glue two pieces of plastic together? I fuse glad, it? I'm glad you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Little um, JB Weld, you're in there. <laughs> so have you you've have you seen, of course you have, seen some shape or something that maybe never even made it to the market? Actually, I created one in my downtime. I have a mold that you can make seven different shapes with, seven different hmm. shaped cigars. With one mold? One mold, yeah. Okay. Box press? Shape? shape. This one's not box press. Okay, but that, that's another whole um, with mold. The, it's another mold, yeah. Because back in the day, it, they were all round, and then you box pressed because you actually pressed yeah. a finished product. But today, people are making... In a square mold to begin with? A few. Okay. But it's very difficult. It works much better if you underbunch a cigar about 20% and then box press it after the wrapper's put on it. So because you are the guy making the mold, you need to know how to make the cigar and know to underfill it and and basically train the the company that's buying it from you. This is how you're going to do it for the cigar to work? they They kind of have an idea. Again... They could make any size or shape out of wood. It's just getting the consistency. So in a typical mold, you have 10 channels. In a mold made out of wood, 20%, 30% of those channels might not be the same size as the others. So you have a lot of calls every time you make 10 cigars. Yeah. So when you're running that CNC machine, and I'm sorry to be obsessed with this, I just love <laughs> CNC machines, can you copy and paste the logic for the individual channel? And say, okay, you're going to do this channel here. Now we're just going to add another X coordinate down here and copy the same logic. And that's how you know they're all exactly the same? Correct. So in a plastic mold, they're either all correct or all wrong. Um, in a wood mold, they're never all the same. That's right. You might have, if you get lucky, you might have 10 good ones. But typically, they're all different sizes. And when I say to people, cigars have never been better than they are today, one of the reasons is because of your molds that cigars are consistently the same size. Now, somebody could put more or less tobacco in there and create a problem that ends up happening. But one of the problems was that within a box, there'd be different, every cigar would be actually a different size. You know, maybe not to the regular average guy would be able to look at it, but I remember looking at it. I put one down next to, you know, one extreme to the other next to it in the same box, and it was horrible. Right. Yeah. And and now you have a fifty-two ring gauge. It's fifty-two. Correct. These these things are precise of what they are. Um, Does that level of precision affect the draw if the roller isn't putting the appropriate amount of 
gram weight for the tobacco. Is it becomes completely on the roller at that point? Correct. It gives them a little more fudge room. Okay, but if they overdo it or underdo it by five percent, then it's not going to draw well. Is everybody using plastic molds at this point? Almost. Almost. Yeah. Who's your holdouts? <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, who are the cheap bastards in the industry? Well, you know, I, I wonder if part of it is, oh, this is the tradition. Yeah. This is the way it mm-hmm. always was. This is what I see What I, you know, I've, I've been to Cuba a few times, and part of that is, no, this is the old traditional way of doing it. Well, we've done it better. Why would you yeah, continue to- you used to, to make do- butter by rolling a thing down well, the hill. Now it, there's machines for it. Part yeah. of the change to the plastic because of the new regulations, like where they cut cigars, they're now doing it on metal instead of wood, is switching it over to plastic- considered to be um, more cleaner, less bacteria? Is it a safer product? Is that why the switch is happening? No, no. The switch happened 20 years ago. Okay. So in the DR, by 1990, right before the the bubble popped, 80% of the factories were using plastic. Hmm. And um, all the big factories use them. The only factories that can get away with using wood molds because they have more control would be a medium size or a small factory. All right. The first time I ever saw it, I saw a stack of them at Fuente back in the early, early 90s. Not the whole factory, but a certain area of it. And here they were testing it. And I happened to be there at the time when that was going on. And this was the beginning of the Hemingway series and all that, that were able to, all these shapes end up happening. Was that you? No, that was my competition. It was. Okay. There it was. And... Going from factory to factory, like I do when I go down there, people were, you know, wondering what's going on with this. Did you see them? What's what's happening with it? It was the big thing that here was something being changed in this industry, and for the better or worst, nobody knew. And uh, apparently, the right people, uh, it ended up working because it, it, the next thing I know, the next time I went down to the factory, every, everything was there. And it happened awful quick. Almost overnight. Yes. We used to run 24 hours a day. Wow. I knew this boom couldn't continue because I was in the industry and, and I could just see it. Yeah. Too many people were jumping into the business. The quality of, of cigars was going down. They were terrible. <laughs> that was the worst of times. The best of times, the worst of times, right? You hear stories about people going down to the DR with grocery bags full of money. Yeah. It was almost that bad. Yes. It was suitcases full. Yep. So what was your question? I don't know. I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but how about the, the, the weirdest, um, you know, do you end up saying no to something that, that will come in of, you know, Lancero stuff and, uh, you know, ultra thin. It's not going to draw. It's not going to work. You end up doing it anyway. Somebody wants well, If they some- buy enough, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. You do it anyway. <laughs> but the manufacturers are smart. We'll make some samples. They can test them, make sure that the, they can get the draw that they want and the shape they want. And sometimes we do it. Most of the time we do it. Uh can do just about anything. Do you end up having to sign a, a non-disclosure agreement and stuff when somebody has some weird shape or something to trying to protect? Only once, but I, I give them my word. Okay. And uh, they usually test me first and ask me if I'll make a shape that somebody else okay. has been making cigars in the market, and I tell them no. All right, all right, there's part of that. Can the plastic withstand more pressure on a pressing 
board. I would imagine that wood, because it has grain to it, it would be weak in one area. So too much pressure on an older mold, you'd have cracking and breaking. Can the plastic withstand a greater amount of pressure? Absolutely. And does it speed up the process of molding those cigars? Yeah. Because of that? Yeah. A lot of manu- the big manufacturers will press a cigar 30 minutes, turn it another 30 minutes. So one hour. Yeah. The wood typically takes hours. And the old traditional way was you make a cigar bunch, you leave it overnight. Ah. Yeah. Boy, that would slow things down dramatically because we're, the, we're seeing it. You need twice as many. Yeah. Twice as many molds. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's molds. We got so much to talk to Nick about. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Nick Kutcher does not just make molds, but smokes cigars and tastes cigars. Unlike, like Dave does. Like I do. And unlike a lot of the way people do it, um, he is now teaching them how to smoke cigars and how to taste the cigars. He wrote the book, Fresh Off the Presses, Cigar Bliss. We're going to talk about that and uh, get you involved in this a little bit and, and let you know how you can train your palate. So stick around. We're live in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. To some, tradition is a catchphrase. To us, it's a guiding light. For there can be no great future without reverence for the past. Hammer and Sickle Tradition Series cigars are handmade, employing only time-honored methods. Meticulously crafted of individually selected tobaccos, Tradition Series is a blend of three-year-aged Dominican Viso and Lijero, all finished inside a breathtaking five-year-aged Connecticut shade wrapper. Tradition Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua, the Nicaraguan expression of America's beloved brand, Reserva Real. Reserva Real Nicaragua is a Nicaraguan puro, meticulously blended by Rafael Nodal and made by A.J. Fernandez. The Reserva Real Nicaragua will take Romeo lovers and Romeo novices alike on a journey through premium Nicaraguan tobaccos. Reserva Real Nicaragua. It'll steal your heart again. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat even if you do not inhale. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lining up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or diamond crown lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph Cigars have always been known as smooth and rich, and the pissed off Christoph is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. 
And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Kristoff cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Kristoff is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10-count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the pissed-off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar, and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. The Padron mission is simple, exceptional quality of their cigars and not the quantity produced. As a vertically integrated family-owned company, personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padron Cigars, they give you, the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars, handcrafted since 1964. I want to tell you about my friend Hochi Blanco, a fourth-generation Dominican cigar maker known for growing tobacco and producing highly acclaimed cigars for other people. As some things stay the same, other things have to change. Finally, Hochi's factory, Tobacalera Palmer, has produced the cigar that not only belongs to the factory, but pays homage to the cigar rolling room known as La Galera. The La Galera Connecticut blend is special, using an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper surrounding a Dominican blend of Peloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and a varietal that Hochi named T112. With the exception of the wrapper, Hochi grows all of the La Galera tobaccos himself and carefully watches over every step. The flavor, smooth, but still offering plenty of flavor in all sizes, paying homage to the people and tools used in the factory. Now for the amazing part. La Galera, Connecticut has a suggested retail price ranging from $4.95 to $6 and has been awarded the Cigar of the Year by the Cigar Authority. La Galera, Connecticut, creating their own version of the Connecticut cigar because they demand more. This is Nelson Afronso from Selected Tobacco, the company who made and manufactured Atabay, Byron, and Bandolet. You are listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Get that $34.95 back. You're making Ed nervous there. Running close to the end of the break. Here we go. We're back. <laughs> We're doing a lot of chatting here. We're smoking cigars with Nick Kutro, the man behind the cigar molds in his new book, Cigar Bliss. Welcome back, everybody. I'm excited about it because it's like the day Cigar Aficionado came out that I said, this is going to change the cigar industry. And now Cigar Bliss, this is going to change everything, Mr. Jonathan. They've been talking about you for years about these ridiculous flavor notes. You two have been the worst. <laughs> I'm I'm starting to come around. I've been telling you during the show. This is really very vindicating, by the way. It is. Oh, and it's cinnamon hope. Chinese pea pods. <laughs> cinnamon that's Chinese what this pea pods. So how many years ago? That's got to be Chinese ten years pods. ago. I've seen them on the plate. I've usually pushed them away. So we made fun of him for a good ten years on that Easily. one. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then you smoke the cigar, and as you get educated and you say, I get what you're talking about here, you know, because he goes, he just doesn't say it's got um, vegetable. He goes deep into not just a pea pod, a Chinese pea pod, and then put cinnamon on it, and then you smoke it, and I'll be damned that it's there. It's there, yeah. And you're the guy. It was so exciting when, <laughs> when, I, when I read the first chapter and then I ended up seeing it. I he said, was oh he was God. he was so excited that he was you know he'd he'd send you the notes and stuff and he would send me the chapter and say you got to read this because I have to talk to somebody about it so read it and we would an hour would go by and we wouldn't even realize how much time had gone by discussing what we learned in the book I can't wait to see if anything changed and I also he stopped sending to me after five chapters so now I got to uh, <laughs> read the whole and, thing and it it evolved over time I'm surprised how big the book is it's 200 pages now. And uh, there's so much information about there. I think for anybody, for a chef, he should read it. For a coffee guy, for a liquor person, this is going to change everything of how people develop their palate. Thank you, Dave. And it's, oh, Dave, you've been doing it for a long time. You get these things and I don't. It's a learned behavior. Somebody can learn to develop a better palate. Absolutely. And that's what's going to change your enjoyment of everything if you end up following this game changer. Now, Adam Slew in the chat room says, wouldn't a wood mold pull moisture from a cigar? Okay, so when they make a cigar bunch, it doesn't have the wrapper on it. So the wood mold will absorb some moisture. Okay, So when you're using plastic, you need to use less humidity in your filler leaves. Yeah, you don't need to add all that moisture to it. Um, I remember the tables being soaking wet and mm -hmm. them pressing the thing mm -hmm. and water coming out mm -hmm. and all that stuff, which, by the way, the wood absorbs the water right. and then the mold cracks. It swells it first. Expands, yeah. right? It swells, then you yeah. can't open it. And it never becomes the same thing. During the break, you, you grabbed an atabay and you rolled the atabay and it rolled beautifully. And then you said, when somebody does it with a wood mold... I make them the same cigar, I roll it on the table and it wobbles, and then you roll the one that went through your mold and it goes smooth because it's perfect. Well, that was going to be my next question is you, you obviously can tell the difference between, and now we can, the difference between using a wood mold and using a plastic mold. It's as easy as, as taking a ride in the Tesla <laughs> <laughs> or 20-year-old Volkswagen. Yeah, I don't care who you are. That Tesla's a badass yeah. ride. <laughs> So you've been smoking cigars a long time? Since 1976. All right. So you're a pro of, a, of somebody who can enjoy a cigar. Um, when, in 76, did you already taste flavor notes and things like that, or did you had to develop that? Okay. No one is born tasting flavor notes. Ah. All right. Some people are gifted in terms of having a little more sensitivity, palate sensitivity. All right. But... <clears throat> When I started smoking, there were, we described cigars in simple terms. It was either a bad cigar, a good cigar, or an extraordinary cigar. And then when Cigar Aficionado came out, it was a game changer for me. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they borrowed taste associations from the wine and liquor industry. Which they were in. Which they were in. Yeah. So it frustrated me that I didn't know that language. I didn't know that process uh, of evaluating a cigar. So that set me on my quest to demystify the art of taste. 
There we go. Absolutely. And that's today's subject. Of, Happens of, to be the tagline on his book. Absolutely. That was, very, that was well played. Absolutely. Um, and as it develops, you just got more and more into it. And, and I think branched out much further than even Cigar Aficionado did. Now you're really breaking it down. You know, we made a, a basically generic type of flavor wheel of spice, earth, fruits, nuts, plants, and then off shoot of that, some of the things now, uh, and we're going to do it during the after show, we want to break it out even further and just continue this thing on of what it is because even uh, t- um, smelling some of um, your, um, what do we call that, that kit? That they the, references. Yeah, the references. That um, the key is that one of the things you talk about in here is vanilla, for instance that we have smelled vanilla extract, or I always thought I knew what vanilla extract smelled like. But the fact of the matter is it's artificial vanilla extract, and we have to talk talk about the real product. Why is that? Because of the expense. 1% of real vanilla finds its way into uh, fine bakery shops, into fine foods. 1%. So 99% or, or for most people, I bet you it's everything you've ever had. You think you've tasted vanilla or smelled vanilla and you haven't. And now we just did earlier. Right. Oh my God, it's so vanilla. It's even sometimes when I go uh, to a third world country and I eat an egg and the egg is brighter orange. Um, you know, it, it has not put the chicken through some sort of processing thing. It tastes more like an egg than an egg tastes like, as the vanilla tasted more vanilla. Such an astute observation. It tastes <laughs> no, more like an egg than an egg no, does. No, everything, including chicken, yeah. all that stuff, because they, whatever they're juicing the chicken up with, it, it's very little chicken taste of what chicken tastes like, as opposed to when you go and you get a scrawny little piece of chicken in a third world country. Well, they just killed a chicken. It's a real chicken. 45 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. and it tastes like chicken. Do you find yourself just over the plate going... Yeah, chicken. All these things taste better and are better. And unfortunately for us in the United States, we're getting a lot of chemicals that resemble, try to resemble that that taste or or, or aroma that has it. So that's some of the things that are in here. As I got into it, I'm saying, oh, he's getting very technical here at the certain point of it, and a little tough to read of the technical part of it, but you need to get through that part because it all wraps up in the end of well, it. Well, how many, how many different uh, notes could be found in a, a Madagascan vanilla bean, for example? Okay, so vanilla, the imitation vanilla that most of us are familiar with, has one aroma note called vanillin. So they extract that one aroma note, vanillin, and they don't even make vanillin out of vanilla now. They make it out of wood pulp and creosote and petroleum distillers. Yeah. Real vanilla has at least 200 different flavor molecules. 200. Which is why if you're smoking a cigar and I'm smoking the same cigar and I say, I'm getting notes of vanilla, you may not recognize the notes of vanilla right away because your brain's in a different spot of that vanilla. Vanilla, because I didn't know and what I vanilla say was. It, and you go... There it is, because now your brain knows what it's looking for in yeah. that flavor, and vice versa. And, we do it to each other all the, the time. And the Tahitian vanilla is very different from the Madagascan. It yes. presents more floral, I think, than Correct. the Madagascan does. 
Yeah, I made a lot of creme brulee at one point. Yeah, this is a dude who has the different vanilla beans in his... Yeah, I actually do (laughs) buy different vanilla beans, and you get a very different flavor. So when I go into the factories, they ask me, and we do it on the show and bring it up a lot, we need to retrohale the cigar so that we taste it. I do not like to do it. Uh, It's overpowering to me if I end up doing it. Barry, on the other hand, does it every few few puffs. What is the right thing here? What, do I need to do that? Well, there's no right or wrong. Okay. Okay. So if you're tasting more than sweet, sour, salty, bitter, or savory, you're retrohaling. Okay. Mm-hmm. So sweet, sour, salty, bitter, that's mouth taste. Okay. You're retrohaling. When you eat food, you retrohale naturally. Yeah, you're breathing, right? You're breathing. Yeah. yeah. Well, in the act of chewing, pulls. It, it expels and pulls in air through your nasal passages. Correct. Yeah, sometimes when I'm trying to look for a taste, we, we write for Cigar Journal magazine of the flavor notes and things. And when I'm sitting there doing it and trying to get a note, I'll smack my lips together as I blew the smoke up, almost like chewing, but trying to get it because I'm right. I'm, I'm not able to figure out the, the flavor note yet. And, and that's part of the thing, almost like I'm chewing the smoke. Another thing's happening. So your saliva uh, breaks down the smoke molecules and then allows your taste receptors to send a signal to your brain. If your mouth is dry and you put food in your mouth, you won't taste anything until the saliva moistens it. So how do you know this? How did you, how did you know that? I mean, it's research, a lot, yeah. lot of things done to... So when most people are on Facebook sending pictures to their friends... yeah. I'm on Google doing research. Now, years ago, when I used to research, you had to go to the library. And yeah. There was this box that had cards in it. Yes. You had to go to that box, take the cards out, and then walk around and try to find these AQ2150. Yeah. And then I just go to the librarian and say, can you help me find these books? The Dewey Neutral System. <laughs> Dewey Decimal System. system. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> of how that ended up working. All right. So show us the Pro Palette system. Okay. Uh, this is... Uh, an extreme. Yes, you can just buy the book, but if you want to go over the top and you want to get the whole system to do it, um, this this big, beautiful cigar box um, is the pro palette system of really ramping your, your uh, flavor receptors up, if I'm saying it right. There's a board game in here. What do we have? Okay, so to start, you have your booklet, yeah. which explains how to use it. Okay. Okay six-page booklet. You have the DNA test strips, so you can taste, test your mouth taste sensitivity. All the, right. the population's broken up into four segments. You have normal tasters, which typically have 10,000 taste buds. And then you have your uh, moderate sensitivity. They have 15,000 taste buds. And then you have your uh, sensitive up to 20,000. And then an ultra-sensitive DNA would have up to 30,000 taste buds from individual to individual. Wow. So, so you don't taste different flavors. You taste different intensity. So an ultra-sensitive person palate would be shut down if there's too much bitter or too much sour, even though the cigar could be an excellent cigar. Yeah, you're just yeah. overpowering to overpowering. that. Is there anything to a woman, to a man, that would be different? Does woman's taste buds any any more extreme than men? Is uh, nationality have anything to do with where they 
grew up or anything like that? Well, not really. But women from an early age are more in tune with the way they smell, with perfumes. Right. Also, genetically, women are more sensitive, in a sense, to aromas because they give birth to the children. And years ago, they used to basically raise the children. So they would make sure the food wasn't sour or the milk wasn't sour. So they're more in tune to, okay. to those things. So I developed the first kit in the, in the late 90s, my own little kit. So I was reading about all these different taste associations. Fine, but I couldn't find them in the cigar. So I thought, okay, if I'm going to find dark chocolate, coffee, leather, floral, I need to have some reference. So I got herb spice jars and filled them up with all those taste nuances that I wanted to find. The real stuff. The real stuff. Okay. And then <clears throat> I noticed quickly I was able to find, once I calibrated my palate, some of the references I never ha had experienced. Nutmeg was one of them. So your chances of finding nutmeg in a cigar is about zero if you have no reference. Yes, absolutely. So you have to have a reference first. So that's what this whole kit is based on, having a reference. And having pie that has nutmeg in it doesn't work. No, it does. Yeah, okay. It has enough. All right. Uh, yeah. But so, you'd have to know that that's what you were tasting. You're, right. You're eating pumpkin pie, and yeah. this is just pumpkin pie. You might think you're smoking a cigar and you yeah. taste pumpkin. Really, what you're tasting is the nutmeg. Yeah, right, okay. And some cinnamon. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So then it's all mixed in, and you're just lost. Yeah. So it's a little bit like pumpkin pie, but I don't know why. So, <laughs> so I developed this. I didn't develop this in the 90s. So I had my crude version of the Pro Palette kit. And then I got a phone call from uh, Oliva Tobacco. Yeah. Not Oliva Cigar. Oliva Tobacco is one of the t top three uh, leaf and tobacco growers in, in the industry. In the world, yeah. And they told me they, they wanted me to go to Nicaragua. And when the gentleman said, Nicaragua, I said, Nica what? Oh. And he said, Nicaragua. I said, I said, isn't that a communist country? He says, no, it's a quasi-dictatorship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> almost. I said, well, I ain't going there. He said, well, you have to go there if you're going to... To, we're going to buy equipment from you. Well, early days when they started producing cigars. Yeah. So in the late 90s, Nicaragua and Honduras was not a respected country for producing cigars. It was, and listen, from in the 80s, early 80s, there was an embargo against Nicaragua in the U.S. Yeah. We couldn't even get product from there. So <clears throat> the gentleman wasn't going to take no for an answer. He says, look, you're going to be safe. You're going to go with somebody from the company, and we're going to make sure everything's okay. Well, at that point, I had a warehouse full of molds where people canceled their orders. Uh, so I thought it'd be a good opportunity sure. maybe to un unload some mold. When I got there, it was virgin territory. Nobody was using plastic there. Yeah. So my idea of the Pro Palette kit was put on the back burner for 15 years. Wow. Too yeah. busy. Too busy. So I had a couple of kits, and friends would see it and say, how does this work? I said, well, here, you can play around with it. I said, I've got to have one. I said, well, that's mine. You're not taking it. So then I decided 
to make a kid. Okay. And uh, I, I want every cigar smoker to have the opportunity to develop their palate. Yes. It's going to be a game changer for them if they do it. So this is the, the calibration. So he's got a board down, and there's little circles on the board, and there's five different colors, and within those five colors, there's five different uh, circles with different references. And there's different categories. Yeah. This way you can visualize it. So what are the categories? The categories are floral, herbaceous, citrus, dried fruit. Those are all yellow. Okay. And they correspond with these... these uh, these jars. Yep. And then aromatic. Black pepper, cedar, anise, cinnamon, nutmeg. All kind of alike. All aromatic. Yeah. Okay. And then we have earthy and roasted. Okay. Two categories. So we have barnyard, musty, aged leather, roasted nuts, charred wood or wood smoke. Okay. And then the final category for, for the references is complex, dark chocolate, coffee, dark roast, vanilla, caramel, graham cracker. Now, graham cracker is not an ingredient. It's, it's like you... It, this is what I like to see. Right? Pick him apart, Dave. Kick his Somebody ass. Somebody doesn't grow a graham cracker, right? Graham <laughs> cracker is a made product. Okay. I thought the elves made it in Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> I used to think that graham cracker was a, a type of a variety of flour. Okay. Graham cracker is the way the flour is processed. It's still wheat, but when they process it, they leave it in larger, uh, cor it's coarse, more coarse. Okay. So more of the wheat aroma comes out it's like making french roast coffee you're supposed to use a coarse grind, grind. Yeah. yeah so when when i saw this the pro palette when you opened the board the first time man did i feel vindicated that i saw a graham cracker on there because of all the oddball things that i've ever tasted graham cracker is one that repeats in cigars over and over again yeah all these do so right? they all do but you you would it would make sense you'd pick up coffee notes and you pick up leather notes you hear those all the time i never heard anybody else say you're going to get graham cracker on this but i've thought it and said it many times so what i don't see is black pepper yeah right it's on there oh it is okay and sometimes some people describe black pepper they say citrusy but what it is is black pepper. I'll have the argument back and forth. They go, oh, it's citrusy, and I go, I got black pepper here. Or sometimes I say, oh, it's black pepper, and they say, I have citrus. It, it seems to be a confusing product. Well, remember now, a cigar has a flavor profile. Yeah. It doesn't have just one. So you have layers in, in great cigars. Right. Black pepper, a little lemon peel, a little vanilla. And as you develop your palate further and further, you start to sense those layers. Okay. Okay. So this is the level one. In level two, I have another <clears throat> 20 references that not, aren't as common, but are found in cigars, such as dried shiitake mushroom, black cherry. Um, I've tasted both of those. Yeah. They've all come, you know, when you read the book, it, it's so vindicated, you yeah. know, that what happens here is all these things are really there. And as I was reading through it in the early stages of this, I was like, oh, my God, 
there's somebody else that's there. It's and there's I, another whack job out there sniffing stuff at the grocery store. It's not just me. But I think there's a lot of us. And what I think is going to change is this is today is the day that it's all going to change. That everybody, the proof is. You in mean the I'm going to start getting the respect I deserve? Yes. God damn it! <laughs> I, I think it should happen. The problem before there was no reference. Now you have a reference. Yeah. So, is it your opinion that this tastes like coffee? Well, if we take this bottle out. And you smell it. Yeah. That's coffee. Yeah. Okay, so if Jonathan you says... sniff it, parents? Sure, why not? And then then take a drag of your cigar and see if you can pull that coffee there note out. That's the, that's the game. That's the end game. Yes. Yeah. And when, when it isn't, that's pretty obvious too. Correct. Whatever we had earlier today and, and smelled it and they said, well, it's, that isn't there. Correct. You, you should... Now, if somebody's constantly saying, oh, I, I sense dark chocolate, dark chocolate, dark chocolate, and you're not sensing it at all. You sit them down and you do a little palate test. And if you give them dark chocolate and they can't find jar, dark chocolate in this jar, then they're not in charge of their palate. Yeah, or they're eating Hershey's chocolate, yeah. which is not chocolate, right? <laughs> barely. Right, it's barely chocolate. Jonathan, the chat room wants to know if this uh, kit is a wet dream for you. It is. It is. <laughs> He's going to go home and work on that stucco ceiling. Now, dark chocolate is a super complex aroma. Jonathan, let me get a whiff of that. It has sour. Don't eat it any. It has earthy. <laughs> it's not a snack. Damn. Right. <laughs> How do you open this? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, dark chocolate is one of those ones where there's a lot going on. A lot there's, going there's on. There's almost an alcoholy yeah. kind of aroma to it. There is some sweetness, but also a, a little bit of bitter, and you can you can pick that up. I hope people are into this as much as I'm into it uh, and pushing you forward uh, because it, it really is a big deal that this is out there. And I want to buy a kit. How do people buy the kit? They can go to propallet.net. And you're ready to go? Ready to go. Ready to go. And Expensive. No, it's, it's a bargain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get the kit, what you need to do is establish your references first. Okay. So before you start smoking, the best time to do it is when your palate is the freshest. Which we did this morning. Exactly. Yeah. And even before your first cup of coffee. So while your coffee is brewing in the French press. You're going to have to meet me at my house for that one. But okay, <laughs> I, have to buy the, I have to buy it. So you go through the kit knowing what you're smelling. You're not testing yourself at first. So you're establishing your references. You have to have a reference first. Then after you can successfully identify those, you mix them up. And then you calibrate to see if you can, on a continuous basis find those aroma notes what kind of percentage should someone be looking at after they've calibrated themselves and now they're just randomizing the the picking of the flavors do they have to be able to get them all almost almost yeah okay <clears throat> there's some that are similar there's some that are similar and when you mix them up if you smell two that are similar it sometimes it fools your palate Okay, so sometime you get 100%, one day you get 90%. Yeah, a little cold, you're not feeling yeah, right. Exactly. And you do it in the morning, and if you're serious about it, in two weeks you could go through this and get every one. And then, it, then the, the, everything has changed. Your palate is all set, and you're ready to go. You're calibrated. And 
do you believe this works for everything? If you would drink a wine, you'd be able to pull the, the flavors That's out of the wine. Everything. It's going to work for anything. For all these references. Yeah. I think your mistake was to, to say, okay, the cigar industry, you love the cigar industry and that's it, but you should do this for wine. You should do this for coffee people. You should do this for everything. But the same same kit is going to work with the exception of your last row that you didn't mention, which is the very interesting. It's the different types of tobacco. Correct. So here we have the most popular wrapper leaves. The first one is uh, Connecticut from Ecuador. And the reason I use the Ecuador Connecticut is because it's got a little more aroma than the U.S. Connecticut. I'm going to take a... And this gets really interesting. No, I was not good at this. I don't know my tobacco aromas well enough yet, but I will. And this is what's going to end up helping me. So you pick up that sourness, that yep. sour note. And we are smoking that right now. Yeah. This is this is Ecuador, Thank Connecticut you, on the outside of the Atabay. I don't know what the insides are, but there's some of that. And then I have two filler leaves, uh, Piloto Cubano, which is one of the most popular fillers in Dominican Republic. And then Condega from Esteli. Aromatic. Condega. Earthy. Yeah. Powerful. This one's a, it's a lot harder when it comes to the tobacco for me. Because well, we I just also, don't know, I don't as he know pointed out well. before the show, we have this all around us right now. Yeah. yeah. To switch gears a little bit, you have the Ecuadorian Connecticut in this. What would you say the, the main differences between Ecuadorian and U.S. Connecticut is? Like, what's the, the main difference? Well, the main difference is how they grow. The, the wrapper. Taste-wise. Yeah. So, U.S. Connecticut is grown under shade. In Ecuador, they don't use shade cloth because they use the cloud cover that is yeah. covering the, the tobacco fields. So it's less expensive, and you're getting a little more sunlight. Yeah. So the plant develops a little more. So you get more taste, more flavor. So it's almost like a Connecticut on steroids. Yeah, a little juiced-up Connecticut. Juiced-up Connecticut, yeah. yeah. Because yeah, I remember when some of the brands switched from U.S. Connecticut to Ecuadorian Connecticut, it almost seemed a little bit more bitter. The, the U.S. Connecticut is more bitter. Yes, yes. yes. Definitely. And especially mouth taste. So it turns off a lot of people, especially if your DNA is ultra sensitive. That mouth taste, that bitterness is just going to turn off your receptors, even though the cigar could be fantastic. You believe on the outside wrapper where you did all outside wrappers? Taste-wise, because it's touching your lips, it's in your mouth, you're getting more of that than the rest of the tobacco. One of the things is how much effect does the outside wrapper of the cigar have on the overall taste of a cigar? That's a big debate. Right. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think as the... Well, percentage-wise of tobacco, it's probably 0.2% right. of the cigar. So um, I have a, a tip that you can put the cigar in. I didn't bring it with me, but it's called the Pro Tip. It's a plastic tip, and it's shaped in a cylinder. Uh, cylinder. Cylinder. So, thank okay. you. Cylinder. So you can put any cigar in there. You can eliminate the mouth taste influence of the cigar. Okay. And when you do that, you will realize that the wrapper doesn't play really as okay. critical a role. It's definitely nowhere near 80%. Did you mold the tips? Yes. No, I didn't mold the tips. No, no. 
that used to be something back in the day. We used to sell them on a big wheel on all the plastic tips. You don't see that anymore. Maybe it makes a comeback. Back then, the tip was one size. The tip that I make, you can put a 38 to a 60 ring gauge. Oh, really? And a box press. I actually brought you one as a gift. All right. Dave. Good. Good. Um, Dave, Nick Perdomo <laughs> says, age it for five years in Ecuador, Connecticut becomes creamy with a slight hint of cinnamon spice, which people love. That's why they switched to Ecuador, Connecticut in 1999. All right. And I'll tell you, and any bourbon barrel ages them on top of it, <laughs> uh, the tobacco on top of There's it. There's no shortage of colors. flavor when it comes to a Perdomo cigar. There's no question. Right, right. He's dotted every eye. Um, Nick, there's a question in the chat room. How long are those sniff jars good for? How often would they need to be replaced? If you close the cap after sampling, the first box I made was two years ago, mm -hmm. and it's still as good as it was two years ago. If you leave the caps off, uh, of course, it's not going to last right. as long. So at least two years, much longer. We don't know yet because it's only been two years of, uh, of testing. And then so if, you, if you do leave the caps off, or if your wife is playing with it when you're at work so she can show you up, and you need to replace them, we, could, we sell a replacement kit. Replace so you, the wife or replace the cap? <laughs> Both. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like the mail order operation you have. <laughs> right. Uh, Dave, Beer and Beard says everyone in Connecticut is bitter, so it makes sense that the tobacco yeah, is. Absolutely. <laughs> This is a game changer. It, 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 it's really awesome of it. So now, and I know you've been doing a lot of talking, so you haven't been doing a lot of smoking, but give me some tasting characteristics of Atabay. Well, the unusual characteristics that I'm picking up uh, would be a little <clears throat> orange peel. Yeah. Definitely leather. Leather was a tough one. That was the, the one that we went through when we went through it. I had a hard time with, with leather. And you said because we were here right. and we're around all the aromas of the cigar shop. And it was, was hard to pull out because I was smelling it anyway. And so tobacco cigars, premium cigars, have very uh, strong notes of cedar. Yep. They, they, they rest in cedar. Sure. And the tobacco leaf just smells a lot like leather. You know, those are very common uh, associations. Yeah, I think I don't use that leather enough. It's it's almost like in... I'll know, get you a ball gag for Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks. You know, you kind of take it for granted because it's it's everywhere. All right. You, do you like the cigar? I love it. Yeah? Okay. Um, all right, let's take a break. Um, when we come back, we're going to light a different cigar up. Um, we're going to see what green tastes like. We're dealing with Candela AMS, which is American Market Selection, Claro, whatever you want to call it. It's the green tobacco on the outside of the wrapper that is not used all that much anymore. I hear it's trying to make a comeback. We'll see. We're live in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Are you a member of the Cigar Authority Care Package? Well, if not, the time, my friend, is now. For just $24.99, you'll get four premium cigars delivered to your door each month. And we'll smoke each one of those cigars on the Cigar Authority Podcast with you. I don't know if that's really a benefit. Sure it is. We will judge the construction, flavors, and review the cigars, and you can see how right or wrong we really are. You might be surprised. 
four premium cigars delivered to you for $24.99, and you can quit anytime, but you won't. The value is incredible. Want to take the Cigar Authority Care Package to the next level? Sign up or upgrade to the Cigar Authority Care Package Prime. For just $5 more, you get an extra cigar and usually something special. That's five cigars each month, all different. Find the Cigar Authority Care Package on thecigarauthority.com and sign up today. The Cigar Authority Care Package. Agent Room 4 Nicaragua Maestro. Named Cigar Aficionado's number one cigar of the year with a 96 rating, is a complex Nicaraguan puro carefully blended by Rafael Nodal and made by A.J. Fernandez. As Cigar Aficionado described it, every puff is an overture of flavors that's at times heavy and rich with notes of dark chocolate and wood, and other times subtle and understated with hints of fine caramel and toasted almonds. Treat yourself to an aging Room 4 Nicaragua today. Surgeon General warning, tobacco smoke increases the risk of lung cancer and heart disease, even in non-smokers. You've heard us talking before about the best cigar magazine in the world, Cigar Journal. You want to know what makes Cigar Journal the best cigar magazine? Cigar Journal covers every angle of the cigar world, from exclusive stories and features, insightful interviews with industry power players, detailed cigar reviews, and of course, all the latest news and reports surrounding premium cigars. We're telling you, you will be impressed. Cigar Journal has stunning images, explanations of Cigar Science Basics, this is the magazine for any cigar enthusiast, or better yet, passionado. Cigar Journal covers cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. You owe it to yourself to discover the world's best cigar magazine, Cigar Journal, available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at their new website, CigarJournal.com. That's Cigar Journal. Let me tell you a little bit about the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar, or what they call the Three-Peat. Crafted in Rocky's boutique Nicaraguan factory, the 15th Anniversary was released in 2010 to commemorate Rocky Patel's 15th year in the cigar industry, and it impressed right out of the gate. The Robusto and the Torpedo both scored 93 points in Cigar Aficionado, while the Toro and Corona Gorda both notched 92 points. The Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary is a robust cigar with notes of toasted spice, roasted coffee, and almonds. Rocky Patel himself has referred to his 15th Anniversary as the Decade on Steroids. The 15th anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. The La Galera Habano uses a classic wrapper on a staple cigar for a classy company. Hi there, this is David Garofalo of the Cigar Authority, and I want, no, no, I need to tell you about La Galera Habano. The La Galera Habano is an authentic cigar elaborated with the hands of the best cigar rollers of Tabacalera Palma in the Dominican Republic. Blended around an outstanding, flavorful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, 
the Dominican-grown Corojo binder, and the filler made up of Peloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and Peloto Oro, creating a medium to full-bodied, attractively consistent, and aromatic smoke that envies no other. I love this cigar. Have you tried La Galera Habano yet? Well, what are you waiting for? Available at Better Cigar Shops worldwide is La Galera Habano. The wait is over. La Galera Habano. Justo and his father, Julio Eiroa, are continuing the tradition of growing authentic Corojo and now bring you Aladino. Aladino is a true old-fashioned cigar, pure authentic Corojo grown in the Eiroa Tobacco Farms in Honduras from the original Cuban seed of Corojo. An Aladino cigar represents the golden era of cigars in Cuba, and after one light, this old-school smoke will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family-centered company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop-to-shop operation is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. The premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. This is Eric Newman from the J.C. Newman Cigar Company and you're listening to The Cigar Authority. And we're back. What does a green cigar taste like? Candela AMS American Market Selection, Claro Green Cigars. What are their tastes? We, with us is Nick Kudrow, the man behind Cigar Bliss, a brand new book that just came out. And you can find that at propalette.net. Barry, we have this available to, to buy? Uh, we will uh, on Monday. Uh, oh. They'll be distributed to the stores today. And, okay. Uh, on Monday, they can uh, go Monday to morning, Yeah, Monday morning, we'll get them up on twoguyscigars.com, okay. and I'll have a link on the cigarauthority.com to purchase. All right. You got to do it. If, you, if you're really into it, let me tell you, uh, I give my full recommendation to it. Uh, game changer for the industry. As far as the pro palette system is, we're going to actually train our entire staff tomorrow. We're going to go through this. Nick has been gracious enough to meet with our staff after hours so we can help educate them. Uh, and we'll see how it goes, and we'll report back next week of uh, everything we learned from that. Uh, that system can be bought at propallet.net. Pro Correct. That's where that is. So uh, I, I, I promise you, you're going to hear a lot about this. Um, we are just in the ground floor of uh, the game changer in the cigar and industry, I believe. Listen, if you want to get the cigar smoker something for Christmas that they know they don't have. They don't. <laughs> they don't have this. Because well, and, and this becomes a board game, so it's not... You're not just educating yourself as a cigar smoker. Anybody that is into cooking, anybody mm -hmm. that is drinking wine, you're drinking coffee, you can change the experience of everything that has to do with flavor for the rest of your life. Yeah. Now, I purposely tried not to drink anything. I went through this whole process without anything. You're drinking actually uh, regular water, room temperature water, which is the way to go to be uh and i we've told our staff when they come in on sunday night uh don't eat don't do anything we gotta we gotta be completely pure as we can of it so during the break i tasted my coffee uh because i didn't the whole time and i'll be damned it, immediately 
is notes of flavors that come out. It's almost like sparking your palate up that quick that all of a sudden different flavors are happening. It's, it's very exciting for me. But uh, listen, there's not many things that change in the cigar industry all that much. And we have something ground floor right now that ended up happening. Uh, if you're into cigars, you're listening to the Cigar Authority, I think you're into it. Um, you you got to get Cigar Bliss. Um, read it, and if you want to even go further after, and I think you will once you go through that, you'll want to make the jump and say, okay, let me go all in at this point. Because what's going to happen is every cigar you have after that, every food, every drink, everything you have is going to be better at that point. So Every, you know, you look at it and you say, okay, I don't want to do that expense. Well, look at the enjoyment more of every single cigar you have at that point. For the rest of your life. Forever. And you can share it with friends and go through the process. I think it's going to be fun sitting around with this little board game of seeing how it ends up working. Or you can play by yourself, right? Correct. Awesome. All right. This is a Candela cigar. Um, and Candela is uh, what happens by heating... And curing process that fixes the chlorophyll content to the wrapper while it's still hanging in the bond. So the, the long process of aging the tobacco is, is the opposite that happens here. It actually locks in right at that moment of there. This thing was really, cigars like this, big in the 50s, early 60s. And then it seemed to go away. I, I talked to manufacturers about it, and they said, I would love to make candelas and only candelas because it's such a fast process that ends up happening. But the American tastes, it was called American market selection. The American tastes evolved and changed. Uh, some people believe that there's a renaissance of this, that this is going to start making a comeback. We'll see as it goes on. But uh, with that being said, let's get to it. This is part of the Cigar Authority Care yeah, Package? Yeah, this is a part of the Cigar Authority Care Package, and it was made specifically for the Cigar Authority Care Package. It is the Cigar Authority Candela, manufactured in the Dominican Republic by Leandis Cubanas. It features a Candela wrapper and... It's not for sale. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, again, I, we, we contacted the manufacturers that make Candela cigars to try to get. We need, like, 1,200 of them. <laughs> we, we could not do it. And months have gone by of trying to do it. And then we just said, okay, let's just get something made so that we can end up doing this. So uh, we're not promoting a cigar, but we're talking about the tobacco, that, uh, the outside wrapper that's in here, and see if we can pick those notes up. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo, the brand, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. And Perdomo does not make a candela. But let's see if we can bring back the candela or let's smoke it and say, listen, do me a favor, don't bring back the candela. Uh... As far as tastes go, um, Candela was always something for me that I didn't like. It was bitter, and I always pushed it aside. I didn't like it. People, And then when something comes out that's Candela, they go, you know what? That's the best Candela I ever had. Well, what did you think of it? Well, I didn't like it, but it was the best <laughs> Candela I ever had. Tastes like uh, rhubarb on the cold draw. I hate to agree with them, but... <laughs> Nailed it. Because your palate now is all warmed up and ready to go. Yeah, because rhubarb was one of the things. Oh, I, I like rubbing his rhubarb the wrong way, so. Here we go. I agree 100% with Barry. <laughs> no, I don't. We're going to light our cigar today with the Vertigo Hawk. The Vertigo Hawk features three 
Jets single action, and the Jets are fueled by the patented Vertigo big-ass tank. You got easy adjustment at the bottom, all for the low price of $9.99. That's the Hawk by Vertigo. And there's no candela in the filler or anything like that. It's just a wrapper, so it's a small. You couldn't percentage. have a 100% candela cigar made? I don't know. I don't know, Nick Perdomo. Could you do that if Nick is still, <laughs> still listening on there? But again, a small percentage of it. But to me, maybe it's because it touches my lips, it touches my tongue. It stings a little. Yeah. All right, so last week I said it was going to taste like bacon. I was wrong. You were wrong, right? Um, in the 50s and 60s, Americans smoked billions of cigars, and nearly all of them were Candela. They were what Americans smoked, later known as AMS, American Market Selection. There was EMS, English Market Selection, that's light brown, and SMS, Spanish Market Selection, that's dark tobaccos. And uh, to make AMS, the bonds are sealed at the top, and the bottom is opened up. So they're sealing the, the heat at the top. Propane heaters or charcoal fires are lit, and the heat slowly rises, making the taking the moisture out of the leaves fast. The idea is to get the air flowing through the tobacco up and out. Within three hours, the heat is at about 100 degrees. After 40 to 48 hours, the tobacco is wilted. The tobacco leaves drying point, the bottom... Vents of the barn are cracked open, and the heat goes to 165 to remove the remaining moisture out of the stem. At 60 to 72 hours total, the barn, the chlorophyll has been locked into the leaf, and the tobacco is ready. We're talking hours, not weeks of time. 72 hours total, and it's all over. Your mom ever make string beans for you when you were a kid? Yes. And you got to break the ends off of the individual beans. Yes. It's very labor intensive. Yes. And you break the, the, the bean off, and then you figure out why it's called a string bean. If you break it the wrong way, you actually Strings. get a string that comes off of it. You eat that string, and that's what I'm getting on this. This is the string of the string bean. Before or after it's been tied? <laughs> that's ribbon. Same and that, thing. And that never happened. That's <laughs> not what I heard. Vegetable, though. If you got to pick very something vegetal. on the wheel, very, very vegetable, very right? vegetable. Nick, you're not saying anything. <laughs> Are you just thinking about string beans right now? Herbaceous, fresh hay. Yeah. And some caramel. There is a sweetness. There is a sweetness. Very sweet. And they, they, it's young. It has a young taste because it is young anyway. But not harsh. This yeah. is This is one of the best candelas I've smoked in really? years. Do you like it? I do. Oh, you do? Because usually <laughs> it's the best candela I've had in years. Do you like it? No. <laughs> this is this is a smokable for me. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. Where do you find your palate as far as what you like to smoke? Are you more on the earthy side of things? Are you leaning more toward floral? Do you have a country you like? A variety. Variety is the spice of life. If you can start really tasting flavors, variety is the answer because you'll get so sick of smoking the same thing over and over again, even if you love it. But, you know, I say to people all the time, you love filet mignon, filet mignon every single day, every once in a while. Don't you want a hot dog or some chicken or some fish or something? Don't you want to change it up? I only like my chicken if it really smells like chicken. If you're not really getting tastes 
of, of flavors of cigars, like Bill Burr says, it just all tastes like smoke. You're on your brand and that's it. But time to step it up. You're tasting some smoke, you fucking asshole. Yeah, he gets mad because we talk about this <laughs> flavor notes. But Bill Burr, you, you got it wrong. You're missing it. The chat room is asking, what's the best way to cleanse your palate before you smoke or between cigars? With water at room temperature. Simple. Yeah. So if it's cold, it extracts, it tightens the taste buds and locks it in, right? You don't want to do ever, ever do hot or cold because it's going to change everything that, that happens. Correct. Uh, yeah. Dave, Ted Hughes says he feels like Columbo smoking this thing. Mm. <laughs> You'd always see Columbo smoking the yeah. Candela's too. Archie Bunker was a Candela smoker. Yeah. Well, the 70s, it was yeah. a, a lot happening there. If you watch like Hogan's Heroes, you see he goes into the humidor and it's Candela all the time. A lot of the old, old movies and stuff, the guy smoking a cigar, it's a Candela and it's usually a thinner ring gauge too. Speaking of thin ring gauges, do you see any um, trends <laughs> that are happening in the cigar industry ahead of time? Because if anybody knows the trends before they happen, it's going to be the guy that makes the cigar mold. So... About a year and a half ago, I started getting a lot of orders for Lanceros. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What a shame. <laughs> because as, as a retailer, people ask for it all the time. You bring it in. I've done it a hundred times. They don't sell them. They don't buy them. No, the guy will buy one. Yeah. He'll buy one. You yeah. may as well make it a $100 Lancero because you're going to sell one, and that's it. Boy. You know, because it, it, that's when it comes down to these people don't check with the retailer. But the retailers that have some Candela people, some Lancero people on it, are so passionate about Lancero. But the fact of the matter is it's not enough to keep a brand alive or a store alive. It's, it's barely anything. And I, I talk to so many retailers, they end up telling me, yeah, same thing happens to me. I hear you mention that all the time. And how many times I got caught up with it. It just goes across the board of there. I never would have believed the 70 ring gauge would sell. They do. And they buy them over and over and over again. So it does work when it comes to there. As far as a Lancero, it, it doesn't. There's no way a Lancero is going to outsell a 70 ring gauge. Now, I will say that longer cigars will become more and more popular in the next year. Mm. Why do you say that? Because he's selling a lot of long molds, you jackass. <laughs> wow, yeah. that was what aggressive. Do you, why do you think he's saying that? Well, he's saying they're going to sell. He's, they're going to make more of them, but are they going to sell? Well, the marketing will support the yeah. sales, yeah. They'll and, make sure that they sell enough. Yeah, and are you talking more than a Churchill? A-size, remember the A-size? Yeah. Do you make any A-molds? Nine nine inches. So, yes, lately. Really, wow. Eight and nine, yeah. Wouldn't mm. that be something if the A size? Here's what, another dog. Here's what's happening. Well, right Asylum's yeah. got the Pandemonium, which is an eight inch cigar. It's a longer cigar. Yeah, that's, they're trying to bring the long cigar back. That's a bad car cigar, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Unless yeah. you're going, <laughs> unless you're right? driving to Florida. But the the reality is that the consumption is up, and People are spending more right now than they have been in the past couple of years on cigars. And the relaxation of, and I believe this, getting away from your spouse, because we're all locked in, getting away from, from the, your roommate, the person you're living with, the kids, this amount of time 
You need to have a reason to make it longer. Just buy a longer cigar and you're all set. So I still have half a cigar left, honey. I'll be in when I'm done. Is your theory that people are getting more annoying so the cigar <laughs> has to get longer? I think people's tolerance for the annoyance uh, I see. is getting mm-hmm. How about lower. a true Churchill, a, a, um, a 7 by 47, 48? No. No. It's got to be 50 or above. And one thing about the longer cigars, especially for connoisseurs, the smoke is not in your face. It, it typically smokes cooler, easier to control. Yeah. You don't have the smoke in your face. Okay. Hmm. All right. It, here in New England, it's getting cold, and we end up seeing shorter cigars. Robusto Toro outsell everything else, especially in the wintertime. We get into the summer, and it kicks off a little more into the Churchill size. Torpedoes, things like that, shapely cigars. Very popular. All kinds of shapes. Okay. Uh, that seemed over the past... 10 years or so, slow down. It's coming, coming back. back. Coming big back. Time. This is big time. So we'll watch for that. Great. Bunch of cigars we can't sell. <laughs> no. Um, Do you find that when you see a trend on what the molds are being ordered, that that ends up becoming an indication of what really happens in the cigar world? Is it that you're putting the, the shapes are going to be in front of cigar smokers, so therefore they're going to sell? because the market's going to be flooded with torpedoes? Everything except the Lancero. You think the Lancero is not going to sell? Well, it hasn't. Gotcha. And, and a lot of major manufacturers have pushed hard. Yeah, to try to Real make it hard. Happen. Yeah. Yeah, and it hasn't. <clears throat> as far as Candela, one guy that continues to put a Candela out is Asylum, that they continue to end up doing it, yeah. and it sells. Yeah. Um, well, it's a barber pole, though. It's the, not all Candela. Which is even worse. Because a barber pole is automatically going to slow down on top of it. Here's a guy to put a barber pole out with but a candela. But you got the sweetness of the Maduro, and you got that hayness of the candela, and they kind of balance each other out. Mm-hmm. The other one that does really well is the Fumarian. Right. That's small quantities. Yeah, yeah but small it quantities. But it, le- it releases four or five boxes to a store at a time. But they sell, they sell immediately. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But I think if he put it out on a full-time basis and something, would die. That's my favorite Candela. <laughs> I don't like it, though. Right. <laughs> but do you buy it? Um, not by the box. Yeah. You know, a single now and then just for a change, change of up. pace. Yeah. Change it up. All right. Let's take a peek into the asylum right now from our friends at Asylum Cigars. It's time for news from the insane asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true. Or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. Asylum cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4 inches by 44 to the absolutely insane 8 inch by 80. Asylum cigars. (laughs) (laughs) The long-suffering residents of a small Austrian village of fucking have confirmed that on January 1st they will change their name. The move will cost local taxpayers as the fucking church, the fucking community center, and the fucking schools will have to be renamed as well. The town has seen huge tourist crowds due to its name. However, they've had to replace the fucking signs on a regular basis due to theft. On January 1st, the town will be known as Fuggin, and that's not only insane, it's fucking asylum. Hmm. How do you spell it? F-U-G-G-I-N. Is what it's becoming. Okay. And it was spelled F-U-C-K-I-N. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. True story. All right. I just uh, wanted to say fucking a lot. So. Next week, we're <laughs> celebrating Winston Churchill's birthday, and we have the brand ambassador from Davidoff coming up, and we are giving away an Avo Fender guitar, and we're going to figure wow. out how to actually do that. Uh, the whole month of December, we got a big giveaway to give, but also we give away each week um, for the best emails of the week, so let's have the first. All right. It's time for the best email of the week, and it's brought to you by Henry Clay Warhawk, and this week's prize is a little kit that includes a flask, a bottle opener, and a triple jet lighter with a bullet punch on the bottom. It's about a $100 value. And the first email of the week is submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. Friends, that was a great off-the-rails show yesterday. This was written just after last week's show. I love hearing the contenders for the Cigar of the Year announced. Dave, I feel sorry for you that Barry ruined the reveal. It should yes. never have happened. I mean, he had the show notes. I've already ordered my contenders pack, but later wished I had ordered a second one. There are some great cigars in there, and I know I'll want to try a second of each before I do my box buys. I'm really looking forward to smoking them after they arrive this week. One thing I'm not looking forward to is smoking that awful-looking green cigar in my care package. Mm. After you tricked me into smoking that piece-of-shit cigar filled with only stems, I'm wary <laughs> of trying any cigar included in the care package as a lesson to be learned. But I'll try to keep an open mind when I light up that Candela. The last lesson cigar sent in the care package was really good. The machine-made Boomtown changed my mind about a cigar assembled by Rosie the Robot Cigar Roller. There we go. I love watching the show. You both educate and entertain me. Sincerely, Bob from Indy. All right. So he gets it. He gets the show anyway. The idea is for you to try these things uh, just so you have a reference of what Candela is. They're not Machine all going to be winners, cigar. but, you yeah. know, you yeah, you, there's, a, there's a reason for palette. each one of them. There's a reason for each one of them. As far as the uh, uh, contenders for the Cigar of the Year, still available, Barry? Uh, very limited quantities at this point are available online. All right, go to twoguyscigars.com, number twoguyscigars.com. Get into the care package and get us your answers before the end of the year because we're giving that announcement on the last Saturday of December, December 26th, yep. as you straighten me out on that. And... Charlie Petraeus wants to know if Two Guys is doing the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. They will start Tuesday. We'll start Tuesday. And if you listen to the after show, you're going to know what the mm. first day of nice. December 1st, what we'll be doing, because we're going to smoke that cigar on the after show. It'll which, be a day which late. Which will be on day two. Oh, it'll be day late. <laughs> yeah. well, Unless you're on MeWe. You could put it on MeWe Because MeWe time. gets a sneak peek. They get it on Tuesday versus everybody else getting oh. on Wednesday. So those on MeWe. We'll find out. This ruined everything. Again, you've ruined everything. <laughs> I'm just following directions. <laughs> we can change it up. You've so I it. have to tell them what the first day of Christmas is, December 1st. You could. Because that was the whole idea of what it is, but that's after. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're on me, we'll mm-hmm. share Do you own a calendar? Hand. I do. Like a paper one well, that you could look at? Maybe and you see could the tell dates. them what the, the But set. I sent you the show notes to tell you what was coming up. And you, you could tell them what the second day of Christmas is on the after show. I don't even remember no. what the second day but of Christmas But the first was. one's a big one. What's the first day of Christmas? The first day of Christmas is the Mikaida Tricky Tracker Firecracker. Say that ten times. Tricky says. Tracker Cracker. Yep. So we have them, and they are going on sale at... 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Tuesday. Tuesday, December 1st. That'll be the first day of Christmas. And then we got 12 unbelievable mm. uh, 
Days of Little Christmas coming cross up. Cross promotion. Uh, actually, Steve Saka will be on the Ash Holes. Yes. On Tuesday, December first, at four p.m. On the day. On the day. At four p.m., which could or could not be totally sold out by then. Hey, I'm sure it'll be sold out by then. Because mm-hmm. uh, so you'll be promoting something we don't have, but we'll celebrate. And, I, and I'll and I'll be doing it again on the next day, <laughs> yeah. which will be the after show because we're smoking. Here's another cigar you can't get. So, well, to our Cigar Authority audience listening to the show, you got the answer. Yeah, you get it a little live and you get it a little in the, advance. The 12 Days of Christmas this year, there's probably 10 of 12 that I would personally be interested in. Hmm. You got enough money to pull that off? No. No? Okay. <laughs> so you got to figure out what it is, but we're top-heavy on day one yeah. that uh, you want this cigar. Well, we'll see in the after show because I haven't smoked it. We have not smoked that cigar yet. Is it the same as the Micarita from before? The band is different. If I know Steve, it is different. Let's see how different it is, and we'll get to that on the after show. Uh, coming up right after the show, but on Wednesday, after it already sold out, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get to the Don Raphael offer of the day. Brought to you by Don Raphael Cigars. Would you do this? And if so, for how much? And as I say, I'm running out of these offers. Oh, Barry said he was sending you some this he week. He did. I am on. Am I on the last one? I'm on mm. the last one. So this is the one that I waited till the very end <laughs> to because I didn't like it. And I and it just made it all the way to the bottom. But a million dollars. Let a poisonous snake bite you. We have a doctor there with the antidote. And you will be given it after one minute. Oh, it sinks into your veins for a minute? One minute. I'm in. 60 seconds. No one in a movie getting bit by a rattlesnake ever dies. I just said poisonous snake. Right away. I just said poisonous snake. That's one of the bad ones. Yeah. The rattlesnake. All right. Would you do, uh, Nick, would you do things like that Absolutely for money? Absolutely not. Not? No. They got the far. antidote right there. Got to wait a minute, though. The trouble is they get the rattlesnake antidote and you get bit by a coral snake or exactly. something like that. So that's... Barry, million bucks, take a chance? No, unless I knew which snake it was. No. Because there are some snakes that will kill you within a minute. So I'm going to say no. Ed Solomon. I got no interest. No, no. It's not like I'm signing a contract I could back out at the last second. Uh, yeah, I'm not doing that. And well, it's over. Well, but everyone's you- still mad that you didn't eat grass. That came up again today in the chat room. We, we can do that. We should do that for Christmas show or something. I mean, <laughs> this is almost the same, smoking a Candela. Yeah, right? saved it for the Candela. <laughs> <laughs> All right, email number two. The following message was submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. Hey, guys, love the show, and I follow you all on the MeWe now. Nice. And Dave, I followed you again on the Facebooks. Glad to see you're back. Hate to see any of you being bullied off social media, but I believe there's power in numbers, and I'll continue to add my name and subscribe, sorry, subscribe, anywhere I can to help. (laughs) I'm a proud Care Package member, and I'm looking forward to the Contenders Pack, my first time participating. Now now that all the ass-kissing is out of the way, I listened to the commentary on the new commercial after show, and damn, did you guys get some heat for all the singing. You'd almost think you spent the entire show making suggestions on how to improve the podcast, but for all the hate that came in. I'd like to offer my perspective. There's an old saying that there's no such thing as bad publicity, which I do agree with. Or to put it another way, I'd like to quote a certain famous pirate as to avoid Disney lawyers. I'll call him Captain Zack Marrow, who in a major film franchise had his pirate skills called into question. Captain Zack Marrow was told 
that you are without a doubt the worst pirate I've ever heard of. And his reply was, but you've heard of me. Ah. Huh? So, Nick, what's happening here, that's the second email. We'll have a third, and then we have to pick one to win a prize. Oh, okay. So you've, seen, you've heard two of them so far. They seemed a little weak. He usually saves the best for last. We'll see. Uh, but what are your early thoughts here on the Candela cigar? I'm pretty much finished with it. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the first half inch. Yeah. It, gets- it doesn't change. It's not, there's not a whole lot of complexity happening. It's still very vegetal. It's, it tastes like, like cabbage. Yeah, it's vegetable. Reminds me of cabbage. I yeah. never like them. No. <clears throat> no matter what. I never, I never let, and, and I think it has a dramatic taste to, and- the, to the cigar. I, I trust Nick's expertise, so I've put down the can, candela, and I'm going back to the Atabay. <laughs> ah, we can't allowed. do that because we're on the we're on the show. But yeah, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, we have uh, what Jonathan thinks is the best email of the week. We got a classic three way to get to, and uh, I don't know a lot more, a lot more coming up. We're going to run out of time, but we're going to squeeze it in. Uh, We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stick around. We're live from the Toscano Cigar Soundstage, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Let's talk a little about Rough Rider Cigars. So here is where the motorcycle culture meets Cigar Nation. This badass-looking cigar uses the name Rough, but delivers a smooth as silk ride each and every time. Even before lighting one, you can't help but notice its sweet-like honey flavor. Smooth and creamy, resembling slightly sweetened butter. Outstanding! The Rough Rider Cigar is so beautiful in so many ways. We're talking a premium cigar, imported, long filler cigar, but wait till you hear the price. Every cigar is in the $3 price range. That's right. Even the Churchill in the 6x60, every cigar is in the $3 price range. Rough Rider Cigars. There's nothing rough about Rough Rider except the name. Rough Rider Cigars. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars and the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Pavada number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Since 1903, when La Aurora Cigars first opened their doors as the first cigar factory of the Dominican Republic, they have defined Dominican cigar manufacturing. Now, La Aurora continues that innovation with La Aurora Dominican DNA, featuring an exceptional blend whose soul is the Anduyo. La Aurora pays tribute to the oldest Dominican tobacco process with a cigar that features tobacco that is part of their heritage and their DNA. The La Aurora DNA features this hard-to-work tobacco that brings the unique characteristics of strength, inspiring aroma, and sweetness that creates an exceptional smoking experience that only La Aurora can bring you. 
Experience La Aurora Dominican DNA with its Cibao Valley Dominican wrapper, an authentic Cameron binder from Africa with fillers from the Dominican Republic, Pennsylvania, Nicaragua, and Anduyo. Available at top retailers like twoguyscigars.com and is distributed in the United States by Miami Cigar and Company. Experience the rich tradition of the legendary H. Upman brand with the latest addition to their iconic 1844 line. The H. Upman 1844 Añejo uses a rich, well-balanced blend of Nicaraguan, Honduran, and Dominican tobaccos and an extra-aged wrapper that offers a deep aroma with a bold finish. The H. Upman 1844 Añejo is sure to please adult smokers looking for a delicious, handmade, premium smoke that is aged to perfection. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more. It's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. This is Rafael Nodal from Agent Room Cigars and Tabacalera USA. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And we're back and we're smoking Candela cigars. With us is Nick Coutreau. My note says we're smoking Candela cigars with Nick Coutreau, but uh, he tapped out. <laughs> <laughs> he is the author of Cigar Bliss. I have the book right here. It is brand new. Uh, go to propallet.net. Or on Monday morning, you can go to twoguyscigars.com, and we'll have the book on there for you if you like. Um, it is a game changer. I think everybody uh, that is enjoying cigars will enjoy them even more if they get this. And then we go from there into the whole kit. And uh, it's a stepping stone. It's a stepping stone. Try this, read this, and then go on to it. But I'm going all in, and I'm going to report back to you next week of the whole process after I go through it. And... Uh, get you even more juiced out up about it. As far as the flavors here on uh, the Candela was smoking, the grassiness now that I kept going, um, I'm getting earth notes that are in here It's now. interesting you're saying earth notes because I, my, when I tasted that rhubarb on the cold draw, it's back. I'm at about the halfway point. Yeah. Rhubarb gives your tongue a three-dimensional feel to it. It's a, it, You end up with a texture on your tongue and that's what i'm getting on this and rhubarb is also not only a part bitter but it has 
an earthy component to it. Yeah. So earthiness, um, maybe a little licorice poking in. I give you a yeah. licorice poke. Yeah. Hmm. Thanks. Um, so that is uh, the candela. I don't. I don't. Nothing, see- Barons. I, I'm just stunned you're that you're gonna there. poke Dave. Yeah. You're <laughs> sitting over there giggling to yourself. <laughs> I don't see. I don't see the big comeback on um, candela. No, I, I don't think it happens. I think Lanceros have a better chance of a comeback yeah, than Candela's. Yeah. Well, Nick wouldn't have put down a Lancero. He would have suffered through that. <laughs> How about a Candela Lancero? Oof. No. Didn't Illusion uh, do the HL uh, Candela I at believe one point? So. Yeah. I believe. Mm. People try these things, but uh, be interesting to watch uh, um, Longa Cigars coming out if A's um come out the problem i always have with the a style cigar nine nine and a half inches uh usually maybe less than a 50 ring gauge too on top of it um they were very expensive mm-hmm. they were always yeah. there was never a decent price one to come out when they come out it's somebody's anniversary or something well they, it's a it, it's a smaller percentage of the crop that can grow a leaf that size yeah, the wrapper was thinner it tend to crack a little bit more mm. It's like yeah. a, I mean, you you get a better shot of pulling Corona leaves into a blend because at least you got three of those guaranteed on a, on every plant. Yeah, I got sick of them about halfway through. Well, and and Ed Sullivan has turned me on to smaller smaller cigars. Uh, after all these years, that I I would smoke a lot of Churchills, Toros Churchills was where I was. And he smokes a lot more cigars than I do a day, but he smokes smaller cigars. Coronas, if he can get a hold of them. Change it up more. And then it's, yeah, you're having a little snack of different different things. What's your go-to? I don't really have one. I like yeah. to change it up. Yeah, even on so, size. Yeah. yeah. I seem to enjoy each size more if I'm changing it up. And that'll help <laughs> the sales of your molds. If- <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yep, good. All right, it's time for the matchup of the week. It's brought to you by VS. VS means versus, but it stands for Victor Sinclair Cigars. This is a this or that. You got to pick one of them. Um, and during the um, uh, pandemic that we're going through here, this is uh, maybe uh, terrible, but we're doing it anyway. <laughs> Lick every inanimate object you see versus be licked by every living person you see for one week. Uh. You got to pick one. It's not. I don't want to do it. You lick every inanimate object you see, or be licked by every living person you see. Pick one of these horrible things. I'm going last. I got the answer. I don't want to sway anyone's. All right, vote. Ed Sullivan, what do you got? You got a, one's worse than the other. I guess I've got to do the licking. I don't want to be licked. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to lick everything. Although I worked with a guy for a while who had this button he wore to work that said, give me a quarter or I'll touch you. And how do you do? I gave him a quarter <laughs> every time I saw him. <laughs> Did he say Yeah, where? I'd rather be licked. You'd rather be licked. Yeah. Where do you fall on the spectrum here, Nick? I'm going to pass. He's passing. <laughs> <laughs> The, the correct answer is to be licked because the number of people who have come in contact with all those inanimate objects far surpasses the number of people that you're going to see. And you can always lock yourself in the house. So the answer is be licked. Yeah, I just run to work, lock myself in the, in the office every day for a week, and that would be my answer too. Yeah. I think we have the answer. Both are horrible, yeah. horrible thoughts. 
Uh, treat me like a Tootsie Roll pop. Yeah? <laughs> think, think Do you get to pick the part of your body that's being licked? No. All right. The number one. Jonathan what Mr. wants Jonathan, his salad tossed. What Mr. Jonathan thinks is the best meal bag of the week, and we will be the judge for that because they're gonna somebody's going to win You're going to pick this one. Gentlemen, I love the podcast and the knowledge Dave drops even when it's skewed via the eyes of an old-school retailer such as himself. Ah. I love the knowledge and humor that Barry brings to the table. Having gone back and listened to many of the old episodes you warned us to skip, yes. I can see how he's grown into his role as the comedy guy. Mr. Ed Sullivan is the voice of reason and a man of mystery. He is the educator and the glue that holds this all together. This mess. Which brings us to Mr. Jonathan. He's so condescending that at times I shut the show off. Don't worry, I come back later. And he's so angry to everyone on the panel, it gets annoying. Well, you didn't know about the divorce and stuff. Now you know and you can understand some of this anger that's happening. Maybe it's his divorce. There we go. But having having a degree in psychology, I think it's due to deep-seated questions about his own sexuality. Ah. Jonathan, is it okay? (laughs) It is okay to come out. And as much as Barry cracks endless jokes, I bet he would be the first one to support and defend you. Cigars are meant to be relaxing, and if I was in a lounge and within earshot of Jonathan, I would move to a different seat. <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. I will. Yes. And I'll keep hoping Jonathan is voted off the island or at least comes to terms with his demons. Signed, Malcolm. And you like this the best. Uh, you know what? I haven't been come at in a long time from an email, and I had to hand it to Malcolm. He really he went for the jugular on this one. So He does come back to the show after, though. He comes back. Yeah. Mm. Which is good. He's not a quitter. All right. It's up for a vote. So we have. I think uh, it's like we, you and I were having a conversation about like if we're watching something on TV and his heights, we got to change the channel, yeah. look away. Yeah. It's probably the same thing. He needs to change the channel, look away, and then he comes back. Come back. Yeah. Maybe maybe he's done doing his thing. What do you think, Nick? Definitely the last one. Last Malcolm, one? For sure. Hands down. Uh-huh. Ed says, yeah. yeah Barry. I'll go with that. Uh, last one. All right. That's the winner. I, nothing has to be said right, by Malcolm, me, I guess. All you got to do is uh, send us your address, and uh, we'll send you off the prize. Dave, yeah. we got to sneak one quick thing in. Sure. Because, uh, I don't know, did that come in on the stink pipe, Barry, or they emailed that to you? Uh, it that was an was email. An email. Yes. A listener, you know, last week we were speculating about, uh, have you ever put butter on a hot cake right yes we were talking about the hot cake so a a listener helped us out and it goes something like this now have you ever put butter on a hot cake it's so freaking good have you ever put butter on a hot cake (laughs) so now i think that's the commercial right there i think that's the winner let's see if we can sell that off (laughs) i got a hot cake commercial i think i can have it ready for next week's show yeah you could send that off. At, at what point? At what point do we stop, stop. this nonsense? It's been eleven years. When, the listeners, why we stop now? The listeners have spoken. They're tired of the singing. They don't want to hear your your old school forties music that you're pulling off the YouTubes. I do Just, it only for because it's Jonathan. Legal, legal. That's not true. There were listeners requesting Dave record a Christmas album. Mm. There, there were two of them, and yeah. we got two hundred people saying <laughs> enough with this. How about if he sang the coin story? 
That would be probably the best. Like a little uh, operetta or I'll something. record that. I think the, the, the part of the charm of this show is going as far as you can go and then going a little more. <laughs> that has been what it is. You've gone far enough, and then you go a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I, I don't... I don't know that that's yeah. a, I don't know that that's a So we mentioned the hockey game you mentioned earlier that the contenders pack the HVC is part of the contenders pack yes. there's currently a dozen left online. Okay, 12 left. Buy them out. And Buy we, them out. And we had our first vote this week. Oh, already yeah. somebody went to I don't believe it. Yeah, he bought them. I'm going to he might not have smoked them all, but he, he did buy them. All. And it was Mickey Peg, and it, uh, All Saints oh. is up one nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't even smoke the other ones. It's okay. Then everybody can end up buying their pack and give a vote. All right, that's that's a sale. It's a sale's a sale. Mickey Peg. Well played, Mickey Peg. What I want you to do is do me a solid, everybody, and buy this book, Cigar Bliss, demystifying the art. Of taste, and it really does. This is a this is made for the cigar industry, and uh, with two hundred pages of it, it's a great. It's read. It's big font though. Don't panic. It's it's a larger font. Does it have pictures? It There's has some pictures. pictures. It has pictures. Because you know, I read Playboy for the pictures. <laughs> I know some of these people. Do you? Yeah, I do. That's awesome. Dave sometimes forgets that this is an audio show. He just starts. <laughs> no, doing his I, thing. I. So I haven't seen the book completed mm. until just before the so show you started. Hadn't seen the pictures? No, so I hadn't seen the pictures. And uh, yeah, and the copy that we saw was sometimes it would say insert picture here mm-hmm. and the, yeah, the extra yeah. notes for the editor. Yeah. Um, retro healing. Retro healing. Should we be doing it? Should we stop doing this? You should do it as much as you feel comfortable. As you want to. As you want to. Most cigar smokers do it instinctively. Okay. I don't like doing it. And I and I'm pressured into doing it by the means. Your your pressure? Yes, you are too. I'm trying to get an answer here. Okay. Right. So the answer is you are retrohaling if you're breathing. Uh, if you're <laughs> if you're able to find more than sweet, sour, salty, bitter mm. and savory. You are retrohaling. Yeah, so it's happening anyway. It's happening anyway. If you're forcing it then you're going above and beyond what you need. In order to identify a, a, a taste nuance, you need one part per billion air molecule. That's how sensitive. Think about... Yeah, these people have clouds coming out of their nose. There's no need for that. Sometime you're, you're driving through a town and you smell sulfur. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or you smell rotar. I just assume it was Dave. Yeah. yeah. Sometime you're, you're walking in the street and you smell uh, a fragrance because a woman put a uh, uh, fragrance sheet in the dryer. Yes. There's a billion inches of airspace between you and that dryer vent. My wife changed the, the type of... Um, solution she uses to wash the clothes i went into my walk-in closet and i said something's wrong in the closet there's something maybe dead in there or something's going on and she says what are you talking about we just changed the new dryer sheets and and she changed something in there and she says oh my god it's the i'll go back to what what i did before but that washing solution is called detergent detergent okay (laughs) whatever it is he's never done a load of laundry but no voice of reason i'm ultra sensitive there's no doubt about it. I have ultra sensitivity, and it, it bothers me. Perfume, uh, hairspray, all kinds of stuff 
ends up being there. So in, in part of it, it's a gift because I enjoy cigars so much because of the new nuances that happen in cigars that I get to pull out and taste and enjoy. But the bad part of it is the stuff that we're around, that I'm around all the time, bothers me and I'm irritated by it, especially fake stuff. Mm. I always say people burn a vanilla candle. There's no vanilla in that candle or whatever that candle is. It's terrible, and I, I'm a, I hate it, and my wife knows. I come home, and the candles go out, all this stuff that happens for years and years because it's irritating. It's like burning me that that's how bad it is. Um, so at least I know now. Now I know. I learned a lot about myself reading the book. You will, too. You're going to figure out who you are and what it's all about, and uh, you'll make changes for the better. So, Nick... Great job. Thank you. Wonderful. Fantastic. Congratulations to you. Uh, you did something, not only the cigar molds for the cigar industry, but now you've changed. You've taken it to the consumer and helped them. You've helped them out with the cigars that roll perfectly on the table and everything you did. Uh, an honor to meet you and spend time with you. Likewise, thank, Dave. Thank, thank Appreciate you. you having me on the show. All right. Uh, that's it, everybody. Um, go to uh, the Pro Palette. Go to propalette.net. ProPalette.net. Couldn't get the .com? I got it now. You got it now? Okay. Yeah. All right. Next week, uh, we have a new Fender guitar to give away while we celebrate Winston Churchill's birthday. That's what we're going to do next week. Until then, you've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Oh, uh, yeah. You might have learned something today which makes you The Cigar Authority. <laughs>